Welcome to the Are Your Hands Full podcast, a step-by-step parenting podcast for your Jewish family. My name is Dr. S. Yaroslavitz, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So, as we approach Shabbos without minyanim and the pain that it evokes, I'd like to tell over a story from about eight years ago when I needed to spend a week in Oklahoma City at the end of June by myself to take one of the on-campus courses for my doctorate. Mostly my doctorate was done online, but every now and then I needed to travel and stay there. Class was going to end at 5 p.m. on Friday afternoon, and there was no way I could fly home for Shabbos. Believe me, I tried to get permission to leave early, but no go. I made a decision to be brave and go myself so as not to disrupt anyone else's schedule. So here I was, alone in the middle of nowhere, not a single obvious yid around. During the first part of the week, I was fine. I was busy with the course. But as the Shabbos began to approach, I started to get nervous. I felt terribly lonely, isolated, out of touch. And wherever I turned, everyone just looked so, so American. I actually started to feel claustrophobic in a funny kind of way. I felt a terribly strong need to get home. I needed to be with my brothers and sisters. And to describe to you the extent of what that felt like, On Friday afternoon after class, I stopped into a supermarket to pick up water and some fruits and vegetables for Shabbos. And there, online, in front of me, was an Arab woman wearing a hijab. This was the first Semite I had seen all week. If you look up the word Semite in the dictionary, it means someone who was either Jew or an Arab. Now, what happened next was insane. She looked at me and I looked at her. And I saw a flicker of recognition in her eyes. She recognized me, and I, of course, recognized her. The moment took a microsecond. We did not smile at each other or greet each other, but the recognition that we were both different in a sea of white Anglo-Saxon Americans was absolutely there. So at that point, I began giving myself musser. Sarah, come on. She's an Arab for crying out loud. What can you feel toward an Arab other than intense hatred? And of course, we know exactly how we feel about our Arab enemies who are trying to annihilate us, but I couldn't deny the fact that the moment was an interesting one. I wonder, is the Avas Yisrael that we are required to have for each other supposed to be about knowing how different we are from the culture that surrounds us? And do we take the fact that we have each other for granted? Let me tell you something. After that week of being stranded there in Oklahoma City by myself, I will never, never take for granted the fact that we have each other. So anyway, Shabbos came and Shabbos went and I survived and I stayed locked in a hotel room and davened like I probably never davened before, sang it all out loud. It was me and Hashem and Shabbos. For as long as I live, I will never forget the power of that Shabbos. And then came the crack of dawn on Sunday morning, out to the airport, waiting at the gate for my flight, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I saw a fellow, young, blonde, wearing blue jeans, and a kipasruga, and, you guessed it, tzitzis hanging out, 
my heart soared, a yid, a Jew. And that feeling, and the same feeling I felt when the Heimische taxi driver pulled up at Newark Airport after I landed, that feeling of excitement when you see another Jew, when you see another yid, that feeling is Avas Yisrael. So now, think of the pain that we feel when we see, for example, Landau Shul in Flatbush, Shomri Shabbos in Bar Park, Beis Medrash Gavoa in Lakewood, and all the huge edifices of Torah and Tefillah in Eretz Yisrael and in the diaspora closed around the world. Ouch, 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 it hurts. We have been in this country for a hundred years or so, and never, never, never has anything caused us to be separated from our Tefillah, Betzibor. Even during the Muhammad the Holocaust, there were some yeshivas open in other parts of the world that were unaffected, but now it's our entire nation and its strength as a tzibor that's being affected. So now think of it this way. Imagine if we missed each other, cared about each other, and recognized how much we need each other, felt the isolation that we are feeling Oklahoma City style. Is that maybe, just maybe, the level of Avas Yisrael that the Rabbanu Shalom is waiting for before he brings Mashiach? Those of you who have taken my relationship courses that are titled Between Me 1, Between Me 2, Between Me 3, know that this is what he is waiting for. And you've learned the breakdown of the mitzvahs da that are tluyos ba'adam, that make or break relationships. This agony of our being separated from one another is good, solid gas that should drive our car of Avas Yisrael forward fast, fast, fast to greet Mashiach altogether. Okay, now down to Tachlis. Some more ideas for our army of Yiddish mamas that are doing a magnificent job teaching their future dairis at home. Firstly, just to review, I cannot stress enough the importance of the daily schedule. Create it in advance. I have gotten so much feedback about this. And consistently, the ones without the schedules are the ones who are struggling. For those of you who have access, print the schedules, make them look important, post them, put them up. For those of you who don't have access, hand make them, decorate them, post them, and above all else, stick to them. No downtime. Stick with the program. Here is a sample schedule. I'm going to try to read it slowly for those of you who want to copy some of these ideas down. All right. So typically by nine o'clock, Kids should be dressed, room cleaned, finished breakfast, and clean up. Which means that we, we don't lay around in bed till all hours. We get up on time. Embrace the day. Start early. So by 9.05, it's davening time. And everybody's davening at their own level. Okay. In some cases, and in most cases, yeshivas have been providing conference calls. Some, in some cases, um, online technology with Zoom and other things like this for the better part of the morning to access classes with their teachers and friends. This is very, extremely productive. You have to set your own schedule based on your own uh, myriad of children and wh when they have to call whom. While there's dead time, while that's happening, you set up a schedule for everybody else who's not calling, whether it's Pesach prep, whether it's snack time, whether it's saying Tehillim, whether it's story time where you're reading, whether it's free play, 
whether it's crafts or baking, a quick, a quick project, whatever it is, you're, you have to, almost like a puzzle, put together, okay, what's Fagy doing from 10 to 10.30? What's Rachel doing from 10.30 to 11? What's Shlomadov doing from 11 to 11.30? In case you haven't realized, I'm using my Anacliffe's names. What, 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 what is Toba Rivka doing from 12 to 1? Everybody's got to have a slot. Okay, this takes a little bit of work, and those of you who run day camps and run schools are going to be better at this, but everybody can do it. Absolutely everybody can do it. Okay, 1 o'clock in this particular program, all of that ends, and 1 o'clock is lunch. 1.45, learning about the Haggadah, creating the Haggadah, cleaning for Pesach. Okay, 3 o'clock, game time. Okay, for the older children, it's long-term games, ongoing Monopoly games, ongoing life games, ongoing risk games, ongoing Catan games. These are games that go on for days. Um, one rule, if you go bankrupt in Monopoly, okay, you, there's a gamach, okay, and you get money from a gamach, extra play money if you have it. There's no such a thing as going bankrupt in the Monopoly world. That makes the games go on for more days. Okay, 3.45, snack time. So 3 o'clock was game time, 3.45, snack time. 4 o'clock, either a walk outdoors, if weather permits. If not, Mendy music. Okay, or Mora music. Okay, 4.30 is usually English homework, which is sheets, any type of downloadable sheets, whether in Yiddish or in English. There are all types of sheets available that you can download and print. Make booklets for the kids. Put their names on them. Put them in folders. Make it feel like school. And they sit and they do sheet time. By 5.30, it's cleanup time. Getting the schoolroom ready for tomorrow. 6 o'clock is supper. 6.45, free play, baths, learning with Tati if necessary. 8 o'clock, games, puzzles, and call Bubbies and Zaydis. Okay, that's another very nice activity at night to call grandparents. And then, basically, it moves to bedtime. Um, pen, now some ideas for some other types of activities. Set up pen pals that they should write letters to each other, mail them out. Um, any type of magazine cutout contests, food crafting, scrapbooking, organizing pictures, um, scavenger hunts. Here's a very nice idea of a particular scavenger hunt that my family is planning in Mitzvah Shem for this coming Sunday, Cousin Wide. Cousin Wide means they get on a conference line at a certain time, and one of the tantas explains the scavenger hunt, and then they all get it. They get the instructions, they hang up, and they make up a time that they're going to get back on, and everybody says what they found. Now listen to this. Here's a nice idea. Take the letters of Corona or Coronavirus, and find an item in the house that begins with that letter. In other words, each kid gets a different letter, or you can have the whole family takes a letter. Find an item in the house that begins with that letter and can be used in the mitzvah of Ben Adam Lachavero to promote after. So, for example, if there was a letter T, which there isn't in coronavirus, then find a telephone that can be used to call someone who is sick for the mitzvah of B'Kacholim. So you basically give each kid a letter and have them run around and find something in the house, that starts with something that has to do and then they have to either write it up or draw a picture of it. And then when you get back on the conference line, then everybody gets a chance. Okay, Mary, what did you find? Okay, Yehoshua, what did you find? Okay, Adina Leah, what did you find? And, and each one says what they found, and it's all on a conference line. 
conference lines is a very good investment. I know some of the schools have been struggling with the connectivity of some of these conference lines. I use freeconferencing.com, but uh, I think there are many there are many others that are popping up, and you can get cousins and grandparents and even great grandparents to just listen in on the conference lines and chepnachas that way. Okay, that's enough for now. Wishing you all a lechtika Shabbos full of Avas Yisrael. May Hashem get the message that we miss each other and Him desperately. Yet, we are determined to make the best of this. And may this be the absolutely last Shabbos in Gullahs and Hashem. Stay tuned. I will check in with you after Shabbos and Hashem. Remember, you're not alone. After all, you're part of the Handsful family. Good Shabbos. Thanks for listening to my podcast. My name is Dr. S. Yaroslavitz, and I am the director of Handsful, which is committed to the provision of community education in the area of behavior management and cognitive development of children. Send me your parenting questions by going to my website at handsfullchenuch.com or by WhatsApping me at 718-714-8595. I look forward to hearing from you, and remember... No matter how impossible things may seem, the Earth will continue rotating on its axis.